So we're going to do a series starting today, which is Supernatural. A uh, very original title, comes from nowhere else. It's just something that I, I thought of on my own, didn't steal the logo. Supernatural. And each week we're going to talk about something uh, that, that comes from the supernatural power of God, a miracle that he did, an amazing thing that, that we kind of don't talk about as much anymore, but something that, that really stands out, something that you've probably heard of, but we're going to talk about what it meant then, what it means now, and just all of that. So the first one, we're going to start with Exodus chapter 14, verses 10 through 31. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Uh, why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen when we were still in Egypt? We said, Leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will uh, never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. So this is right after the ten plagues, if you've ever heard of that. So basically, for a long time, the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. Uh, they, they had no rights. They had no freedom. They had no country. They just did all of the work. And so they, were, they lived as slaves. Uh, and, and it sucked. Like, they weren't allowed to worship the way they wanted to worship. And so we talked about Moses before and how he was a murderer and how God went and got him. Well, this is what Moses did. Moses and Aaron went up there, and, and they go through these ten plagues, and they basically like, Pharaoh, let my people go. You've heard that before. Let my people go, and uh, you're going to be okay. Like, God will let us let you be okay. He'll let you stay. He won't hurt you, etc., etc. And he's like, but if you don't, God's going to step in because God is legit. And so you went through plague after plague after plague, and the last one was an amazing one. It was a hard one. It was the death of all the firstborns who didn't have the, the blood of the lamb on their door, uh, which is kind of like a foreshadow of Jesus coming, the blood of the lamb dying to save everyone. And, and so that was why God did that. And so those are all the plagues. And finally, Pharaoh is like, gosh, everything is just, you're, you're killing us. Like, God is legit. We believe you. You can go. Just get out. Don't come back. No, never come back. You're free. And so as soon as uh, the Israelites started going away, the Egyptians are like, wait a second. What are we doing? We need that work. We can't do it ourselves. We're lazy now. And, and so it's like, we're going to go after them. And so they started chasing them. Now, the, for the Egyptians, they kind of just were like, whatever, we let them go. We can go get them. We're stronger. We're bigger. They're slaves. They have no power. They have nothing. Uh, what's their God going to do now? For the Israelites, though, like as soon as they see them coming, instead of saying, oh, man, you know, God just sent like a plague of, of uh, frogs. He just sent a bunch of locusts. He just turned the water into blood. He just killed the firstborn of every Egyptian. He just did all of this stuff. He's so powerful. He's going to help us. They're like, oh, man, it's trouble. We're going to die. Like, it's immediately like, oh, man, it's trouble. And we do this all the time. We have a wonderful week, or we have a good retreat, or we have a good service, or something goes well. We get a good grade. Somebody says something nice to us. We win a game awesomely uh, with, by knowing people's names and things like that without cheating and all these things. We win a wiffle ball trophy. We win all of these different things, and everything's awesome. Everything's perfect. Everything's wonderful. You beat your rival in sports. You win the flag core title, something like that, uh, and you, you do something amazing, and everything is going well, and it's like, God's always with me. This is so perfect, and then things get bad, and maybe you get dumped, or you get a bad grade, or your parents are on your case, or uh, somebody hurts your feelings, somebody mocks you, somebody hurts you, somebody leaves you, and all of a sudden, you're like, man, everything always sucks, like nothing's ever good, and it's like 10, mi 10 minutes ago, like everything was okay, and the, God was sending plagues down on all your enemies, Hope not all the time, but on all your enemies. And so that's what the Israelites were doing. And this is kind of a theme throughout their life, just as it's a theme throughout ours. And so when they see this, they're like, we might as well just go back and be slaves. It would have been better to die as a slave than to die out here alone with nothing. Because 
we always remember what is the most recent. Uh, there are a lot of times in your life where you will do amazing things for people, and you will be like the best friend ever. You will help them. Uh, you will give them, I almost died, you will give them money. You will, that's right, Jenna was ready. You will give them money. You will give them time. You will give them uh, comfort. You will help them. You will give them food. You will be kind to them. And then like a couple weeks later, they'll be like, I don't like you anymore, and they'll hurt you, and they'll betray you. I have in my life had people that I poured into and, and loved and helped and did so many good things for, not for anything, but because I loved them, because I cared, because that's what I was trying to do, and then eventually they'd be like, you know what, you're not happy enough, or you're not, you're not good enough, or something, and they'd leave me, and they stopped talking to me, and it sucks, and it hurts, and so that's how we kind of live our lives. Uh, it, it's kind of like, but if, if you've ever ridden a roller coaster at Kings Island or Cedar Point or something, uh, none of them just go straight up all of the time, and if they did, you'd die in the atmosphere and freeze to death and then lose your oxygen, and then your head would explode and it would not be good. And so that's all stuff that would happen. And, and so, but, so you have the roller coaster going up and then down and up and down. And I realize the downs in roller coasters are more fun for most of us, but, but in life, the downs, even though they suck, they happen and in those times, we learn and we appreciate and we take heed to, to learn lessons, to, to deal with the goods better, to deal with the bads the next time. Uh, and so the Israelites are kind of like kids here. They're learning their faith. They're learning everything. And so they see the Egyptians coming and they immediately are like, okay, we don't have a solution right now. Like we, we, we do this also. It's like, okay, well, I've thought for 30 seconds about this problem, so I don't know it. I'm not going to ever be able to study it. I'm not going to ever be able to finish my homework because I tried. I even pulled out a pencil and put a mark on the page and I just can't do it. I, I tried my hardest and we do that sometimes. And so that's what the Israelites are doing. But Moses is like, guys, we literally were just saved. Just be patient. And so that's kind of one of the lessons we're going to take from this miracle that's about to happen. Uh, when you have troubles all around you, when things are bad, when things suck, when life hurts, you're immediately going to be like, I need to solve this right now. When somebody that we love, somebody that we care about is going through something hard, uh, I know for me, I really want to fix it. Like, I immediately want to help them feel better. Uh, last Monday, I babysat Beatrice, who's my niece, who I've talked about once or twice. Uh, she's five months old. And she, like around eight o'clock or so, she started scream crying because she's a baby and she's teething and there's something called the witching hour for babies which apparently is legit and so she's crying and so like I wanted to help her like I didn't want her to cry uh, not just because it was loud but because I, I care about her and so I want to fix it like I want to to be like okay listen your teeth are going to come in and it's going to be cool because you'll be able to eat cookies and stuff like that but she's not going to understand any of those words she's just going to feel the pain and she just knows that she's tired and she can't sleep and all of these things and so I just carried her and carried her and, and rocked her and did all these things to try to comfort her that sometimes there's no way to immediately fix a situation and you can never fix or change a person it's not on you to do that and so sometimes it's time Time to just be still and let God act. Be still and listen. Uh, one of the things we talk about with prayer is uh, when you pray, also have time to listen. At Fall Retreat, one of the things we did was take quiet time. And the whole object of quiet time is to sit there. And you can listen to music, you can read, you can write, you can draw, you can do anything like that. But it's not to bring in input from other people, not to talk, not to text, not to get on social media. So that you have this time to listen. And so the Israelites are so scared, and they see the problems, but they don't see any solutions, which happens a lot in our lives. It happens a lot for me. And, and Moses is like, God is here. We have to trust him. Even though there's an ocean in front of us, a sea in front of us, and, and an army behind us, and nothing on either side, even though it seems like everything is going to fall apart, even though it seems like we're going to die, trust and wait and be patient in your life.
There are going to be a lot of times where you have this response ready. If you get on Facebook or Instagram or on your text messages or Snapchat, whatever, like you're going to get a, a message, a post, something that ticks you off. It's somebody saying something that you know is wrong and you know is stupid. Like people saying, oh, I like Batman. Things like that that are immediately wrong and stupid and, and just make no sense at all. And it's like you want to get on and be like, listen, I have to save your life and tell you why this is a bad idea and tell you why he's inferior and all of these things. And you want to do that and you want to fix them but you cannot do that and so what I'm saying there is be patient for that moment and pray and be like how should I respond here and you know there's serious things like somebody is uh, being hurt somebody is arguing somebody is is needs something and like your immediate impulse will be I need to help them I need to get in there but most of the time you need to pause first uh, as you get older there are going to be more opportunities to, to uh, shout back at people, to send angry emails, angry text messages, things like that, because uh, your boss or somebody you know, uh, your, your loved one, somebody is going to call back at you and say something mean or say something wrong or say something hurtful, and you're immediately going to be like, I'm going to come back at them. But the right response is to wait and be like, okay, I need to wait and see how do I feel when I'm cooler? How do I feel when I'm happier? How do I feel when I'm not so hurt? How do I feel when I've prayed? How do I feel like this? And so the Israelites, they see the problems all around them, and their first response is, I give up. It's too much. I cannot get through this. We can't swim this far. They have chariots. They can catch us. They, we don't have any swords. We don't have anything. We're dead. And so we go to the next verse. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on the ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they will charge in after the Israelites. My great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots and his charioteers. When my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory and know that I am the Lord. Then the angel of God, who had been leading the people of Israel, moved to the rear of the camp. The pillar of cloud also moved from the front and stood behind them. The cloud settled between the Egyptian and Israelite camps. As darkness fell, the cloud turned to fire, lighting up the night. But the Egyptians and Israelites did not approach each other all night. So we know what's going to happen. Don't jump ahead in your heads. But we know the crossing of the Red Sea. This is before that. And in a lot of ways, this is as miraculous almost. Because basically, the Israelites were following this pillar of cloud, almost like a tornado cloud in front of them and it was God it going before them leading them showing them where to go and it's funny when you think about it because basically they're like man there's nobody here to help us I, I see the you know God in front of us and everything and he just saved us but what are we going to do like who can we call to for help and God's like guys I'm right here and he sends the pillar back with an angel to go between the armies now imagine if you're the Egyptians and you're on the run and you're kind of embarrassed and you're mad and and you've just been shown up and each of the plagues and this is interesting we'll talk about it sometime each of the plagues wasn't just God showing his power it wasn't just him helping the Israelites it wasn't just him uh, showing that he's the true God each of them kind of went against a specific Egyptian God that they worshipped uh, like the God of the sea the God of the animals all things like that the God of the sun and, and it's so cool to see how God was just little by little saying this is the right way to go uh, and showing people the right way and so they'd all seen that and they see this pillar of cloud this pillar of fire and the Egyptians are like man what are we doing and I guarantee some of the forces are like you know, I know we have to follow Pharaoh, he's going to kill us, but 
uh, this is insane. Like we're actually going uh, towards a fire pillar that that is literally going to 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 kill us. Imagine if you're playing dodgeball later, and and Rob is standing there, and he's like the only one left on his team, and all of us have dodgeballs because it was just us against Rob, which we're doing next week. And, and it's like he's standing there, and all of us have balls getting ready to throw, and then all of a sudden, like this pillar of fire drops down between us, and is and it's like but saving Rob, it's right in front of Rob. Most of us are hopefully not going to throw the ball. We're going to be like, whoa, we got to think this through. Like, this is insane. And then, you know, like, Seth's in the lead, and he's like, no, we're going to charge. But it's like you've got this pillar of fire. So the Egyptians see that. And so this is before the miracle everybody knows of. This is God saying, I am here. I am between you and your troubles. If you just wait and listen, if you just wait and be there, if you just wait and be still, if you just wait and talk to me, you will see that there will be an answer. And so before the miracle, he made them wait by stopping. And they had to stop and think. They had to stop and pray. They had to stop and rest. Sometimes the greatest thing you can do in your life is stop and take a break. Uh, a lot of you have school and you have sports and you have music and you have uh, plays and you have musicals and you have all these things going on in your life and everything and everything. There's confirmation, there's youth, there's church, uh, there's helping with the children, there's doing all kinds of things, there's work. And, and so it's hard for you to take a break because you're going from school to work, to, to sports, to work, to, to homework, to all of this stuff. And it's hard. And a lot of people are like, well, you're just a teenager, whatever, do what you want. But it's hard. It's still hard because it's hard for you and it's stressful and it takes a lot, a, a lot, a lot out of you. So sometimes the best thing thing you can do is when you get you're like oh I, I you know I really want to go hang out with my boyfriend my girlfriend my friend whoever is to just take five minutes ten minutes of quiet time and, and just take a break and now you can nap but I'm not just saying nap I'm saying stop and be like God I need refreshment I need to know how to get through this and to just stop and that's what God is showing us here before the big miracle is before he he could have done this at any point he could have teleported the Israelites away uh, he could have sent a rocket ship he could have done he could have brought them forward in time he's God he can do anything anything. And so his first thing is stop, be still, be patient, look at your troubles, but don't give up to them. Stop and think, how would I get through this? Who can I talk to? How can I talk to God? Stop and think, I'm stressing myself out. I've got so much going on. What do I need to do? What do I need to, to, to how, do, how can I rest better? Who can I talk to? And just pray, stop, think. And then, so that's what they do. And then we get to the next uh, then Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all night, uh, turning the seabed into dry land, so the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each time on each side. Uh, we've heard this so much since we were kids that we kind of don't understand the power of this anymore, the supernaturalness of this anymore. Um, like, because when you're kids, you have like the flannel graphs or like the, the whiteboards or something. And, and you have, I may have dated myself too much, you have like the whiteboards or the little VeggieTales cartoons where you have like, uh, I don't know their names, the cucumber walking at Larry. And he's walking up and he's like, I've got, I'm going to let my cucumbers go. And, and he's standing before the sea of ranch dressing or something. And we see it and like he walks through and like the tomatoes are after him and all this stuff. Or we see like the, the little cartoons and the little puppets. We see this so much that it's like, oh yeah, the sea parted. Now think about this. Most of you have been to an ocean or a pond or a lake or a pool. Imagine if the next time you're at the pool, the next time you're anywhere with a large body of water. I'm not talking your bathtub. I'm not talking your shower. I'm not talking your sink. I'm talking a large body of water, a pond, a lake, a, a pool, uh, anything, an ocean, something. Imagine you're standing there and all of a sudden it's dry before you and there are like miles high water on each side. Like 
we take this as, oh yeah, and then they crossed it. That was probably pretty scary. Like imagine walking through the middle of the ocean and there's water just like still waving on each side, not like waving, but like waves, like on each side. And you're looking up and you can't see above them because there's water towering above you. And you're walking and there, there's like little fish dying on the ground and it's kind of sad for them, but they ate them and it's fine. And so it's, and you're going forward and you're watching and it's, it's kind of freaky. But it's powerful. It's amazing. It's not something we see. It's not something that's possible without God. It's one of the most amazing miracles because it's an, what God does, what's cool about what one of the most amazing, powerful things about God is he works through the natural order. He can do anything. Like I said, he could have teleported them. He could have taken them through time. He could have snapped his fingers and killed all the Egyptians. Like he could have done anything. He could have done anything to stop it. But he used what was in front of them. He let them see what happened. Not only so they could see his power but they could see that he has control over the seas he has control over the ground he has control over the air he has control over the the wind he has control over everything and so they saw this amazing thing picture that the next like when you go home find a lake on the way and just stand in front of it and wait for it to part and then if it does that's cool if it doesn't you're going to be standing there a while but it's such an amazing thing and this is what they got to see now imagine the israel or the egyptians who had just seen this pillar of fire they just seen all these plagues and now they see like the sea parting I bet some of them went home like I know that they had to go on and most of them did but I bet some of them in the back are like yeah you know uh Carl it's this has been a real messed up thing and we're just gonna head we're gonna go to another country like we're done with this and so they start going because it's terrifying but obviously when ego gets involved sometimes you keep going without stopping to think and the Egyptians could have benefited from God in many ways but they could have benefited from his lesson in, in thinking okay we are after these people who keep getting miraculously saved and now the sea has parted and they're walking through it. Let's stop and think about what the next thing probably is going to be. But they didn't. They're like, we know we're right. We have the best opinion. We have the best comment. We have the most money. We have, we're the best. We, every, everybody's worse than us. We're better than everyone. Let's keep going. Let's get them because we know what we're doing. And evidence after evidence after evidence had piled against them of God's power, of God's will, of God's amazing glory. And they still were like, whatever. We are always going to be right because it's different for us. And so they keep going. But the Israelites are walking through. And so we go to... Then the Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and charioteers uh, chased them into the middle of the sea. But just before dawn, the Lord looked down on the Egyptian army from the pillar of fire and cloud, and he threw their forces into total confusion. He twisted their chariot wheels, making their chariots difficult uh, to drive. Let's get out of here, away from these Israelites, the Egyptians shouted. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. When all the Israelites had reached the other side, the Lord said to Moses, Raise your hand over the sea again, then the waters will rush back and cover the Egyptians and their chariots and their charioteers. So as the sun began to rise, Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the water rushed back into its usual place. The Egyptians tried to escape, but the Lord swept them into the sea. Then the waters returned and covered all the chariots and charioteers. The entire army of Pharaoh, of all the, uh, the entire army of Pharaoh, of all the Egyptians who had chased the Israelites into the sea, not a single one survived. Uh, it specifically says of all the, the 
Egyptians who had chased them into the sea, not a single one survived. So like I said, some of them probably realized they were wrong, realized they were messed up and went. And we can hope that maybe they even found God through this because God wasn't anti-Egyptian. He was anti-people being jerks and being against him. And so him doing that, it was to help the Israelites. It was to bring them forward, but it was also to show his glory to the Egyptians. So some of them may have been like, okay, we're going back. We're sorry. And, And who knows from there? But the ones that died, When they're in the middle and the water is starting to crash around them as the chariots are wrecking into each other, as everybody is kind of freaking out, then they're like, oh, you know what? This God who had just done ten plagues, this God who had just parted the seas, this God who was on a pillar of fire, this God who has time after time helped the Israelites, maybe we're stupid for going against him. Now, in life, it is never too late to give your life to God as long as you are alive. You see... There are a lot of people who say, you know what, I really believe in Jesus and and this whole Christian thing, but I want to have a lot of fun in high school and I want to party and I don't want to worry about this, so I'm going to wait until college to do this. Uh, I'm going to wait to to give my life to him. And then you get to college, you're like, oh, no, no. I'm going to wait just a little bit more. I'm going to get married after college, and then it'll be okay because then I'll have a family, and then I'll I'll really become a Christian. I'll really buckle down. And and then you get to that point, and you're like, "Ah, you know what? It's still kind of fun. Like, I don't want to do this. I I don't want to go to church and wake up and listen to to Jeff talk. Like, I don't want to hear that. And so it's like I I don't want to go there and and have people yell names and all this weird stuff. And, And so you get to that point, and you're like, okay, that's okay. I'm married. When I have a kid, I want to raise my kid in the church, and so that's what will happen. And then you get a kid, and you're like, oh, this is so much work. I'm so tired on Sundays. And then it's like, well, you know, when my kid gets to college, and it keeps going and going and going. Now, there are people absolutely who at different points of life are like, you know what? I, I, I put this off too long. I'm going to come back. It happens, and God always accepts you. But sometimes, like the Egyptians, you put it off, and you put it off, and you put it off, and you put it off until you get to the point that it is too late, not because God took the opportunity away, but because you took the opportunity away and you no longer listen or you wait until the seas are crashing down on you and your first thought is not, I'm going to ask for forgiveness. It's, oh no, I'm dying. You see, even in that case, I believe that if the Egyptians had called out to God and said, we are sorry, they still would have died because of gravity and consequences, but some of them may have been saved. Uh, I don't know, but I believe that because God is a forgiving God. But sometimes you put it off, you wait uh, too long, and then you've changed who you are and you've changed what you believe, and you don't listen anymore. And so when I say wait when there are troubles all around you, I don't mean wait in terms of that. I mean when you're waiting, go to God. When you're waiting, when you have tests coming up and you have games coming up and you have parrots on your case and you have chores and you have work and you have church and you have all of this stuff rising up around you, Your choices are, I'm going to barrel through and I'm just going to do whatever's in front of me and I'm going to just uh, do as much as I can and it's not going to be enough, but I don't care. I'm just going to do it and get out over with. Or you can be like, you know what? There's a lot coming up this week. I'm going to take 10 minutes right now and I'm going to wait and I'm going to pray and I'm going to come up with a plan and I'm going to see what I'm going to do and I'm going to listen to how God will help me. And then you will find the more you do that, that the more you learn to rely on him and the more you learn to rely on him, the more you realize you're still going to have stresses, you're still going to have troubles, but you're going to be like, oh, I get this. I, I This has happened before, but God helped me. God will cross the seas of your homework. He will raise the seas of your troubles, all of this stuff, but you have to listen and wait and go to him. So 
the, the supernatural elements are all around. Everything that God does is so amazing, and he will perform miracles in your life in the same way that he performed miracles for the Egyptians, or for the Israelites, sorry, Israelites in this case, with the Red Sea and with the pillar and with the plagues. But you have to wait and listen. You have to be patient. You have to give your life to him and trust him. So in your life, when you have something or a lot of things that are just causing you grief and stressing you out, don't just keep going and going and going and think, you know what, if I just keep going, it's just going to get better on its own. Uh, that's how I kind of do with electronics or with my car. It's like, you know what, the air hockey table, it has not worked for two weeks because Rob ripped the cord out or something. No, I'm just joking. Rob didn't actually do it. But it's the air hockey table has not worked for two weeks. Just when I got here tonight, I tested it because like, you know what, it hasn't been plugged in for two weeks and it didn't work and everybody tried every plugs, but maybe this time I waited long enough and it'll be okay. That's not what I'm saying because that's stupid. But it's if you if you keep going and doing the same thing over and over and over again and like it'll just fix itself, it's not going to fix itself. So you have to stop and do something different. Uh, a lot of movies say that the definition of crazy is continuing to do the same thing over and over and over again and expect a different result. It's not technically the definition of crazy, but it's something that's kind of accepted and it makes sense. So if all of your life you keep stressing and you keep doing the same thing and you keep insulting back or you keep mocking back, you keep talking back, you keep hating back, you keep uh, ignoring everything back and you keep doing that over and over again and it always ends up the same and it always ends up painful and it always ends up with you hurt and lost, yeah, it's never going to change. But if you stop and say, okay, I need to talk to the God who parted the Red Sea, and I need him to part the Red Sea of my troubles. I need him to help me to see him, to feel him. He will do that. And so trust in him. Wait when you have trouble. Wait, be patient, go to him, and always know that he will always be there. And the same God that parted the Red Sea, the same God that created the universe, that God loves you and will do anything for you. That's all I got.